Hello, this is Rachel Miller. I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic and stroke survivor. Welcome back to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I hope this episode finds you in good spirits and health. I appreciate everyone's patience as I took a couple days off to um, navigate some emotions and to um, just let myself rest and take care of me and focus on family. Today, I want to invite you to think through a scenario with me. Scenario? I don't know why I said that. Scenario? Whatever. One scenario that can be both shocking and enlightening. So here we go. As DNA testing has become readily available and companies like 23andMe and Ancestry.com are growing their database with more and more folks who want to explore, you know, and understand their genetics, people are finding out lots of surprising things about their health and their relatives. So this past week, the reason why I have been uh, feeling heightened emotions and being just in a whirlwind of emotions, I learned that I have a family member that I was unaware of. So navigating this revelation has taken me across the entire emotional spectrum from you know, denial to contemplation to sadness to anger, things that didn't even make sense to me why I was feeling them. But I felt it all and not exactly in that order. And while I've been sharing some insights in my recent episodes before I took my 48 hour break from the podcast, um, I I provided insights um, from my perspective on forgiveness and acceptance and anger. And these were all really based on my sobriety program and how it guides me, how, um, you know, facing different kinds of challenges. And so today I wanted to talk about the personal part of processing something that is like life-altering news, you know. Um, But I want you to think about as I talk about it, is it actually life-altering? I think that when we find out something that is surprising, it feels life-altering. And As I've sat back, and I'll talk a little bit about this, and watched my emotions kind of pass through me, pass by me, pass over me, pass under me, I kept coming back to this idea that, is this life-altering for me? Um, So this is what I want to talk about. So I've been looking at my emotions this week like the ocean, and I've referenced this in a previous episode, um, I think this this past week, Um, like I'm just sitting on the shore and observing my emotions, you know, washing by. I've also 
seen my emotions this week as the seasons, you know, like each time, each with its time to blow in and then fade away. And they pass through me, each one being valid, um, each one being temporary, and each one serves its purpose. And that's the most important part. I've said it so much over the past six months with you. Feel the emotion, name it, and then recognize that I don't have to react to the emotion. Uh, the emotion serves a purpose, and there's a reason why I'm feeling it. So sometimes, and I've, I've definitely realized this over the past week, an emotion isn't really easy to name, um, while other times it's, it's actually a secondary emotion, which I've talked about months ago when I was talking about primary and tertiary emotions, you know, and, and I, I, I think I, I talked about the secondary emotion of jealousy being the result of a primary emotion of fear. Um, and I'm also not a product of my emotions. My emotions are a product of me. And that's a real distinction that I have come to realize in sobriety. Um, when I was drinking, I was a product of my emotions. My emotions led me. Um, but today, I see my emotions as a product of me. I create them. I choose them. Um, and with practice, I, I truly believe that, that I choose my emotions. And this approach has allowed me to not anchor to any single feeling over the past week, but to observe them with compassion and curiosity. Compassion for myself and compassion for my family, everybody in my family. And curiosity um, about how this, these changes, these realizations, these revelations, you know, how they affect each person. So this experience, as jarring as it has been, has been incredibly enlightening to me. It's taught me more about me. It's taught me about resilience of the human spirit and the capacity of our hearts to both heal and to expand. I'm proud of how I've handled this. I really am. I'm, I'm proud of walking through this without losing my sobriety program. And, and, you know, I call it my sobriety program. I should call it my recovery program because it's not just, you know, as you have learned over the past six months, 
it's not just my sobriety program. This is my sobriety and stroke recovery program. It's my recovery program. And I have not for a second lost my program in all of this, in the emotions and the conversations and the, you know, I, I've walked through it without losing a relationship. Um, and yet still above all prioritizing my health. Now, (laughs) I've been working myself, you know, overboard as I've had guests coming to my house and I want to make sure that I'm baking and I'm cooking and I'm treating everybody like a guest. So I've done too much. Um, when I say prioritizing my health, health, I'm very aware of what I'm doing to myself. And sometimes I just can't stop myself. Um, and my boyfriend has been incredibly understanding. He knows my personality and he has let me just kind of go off on a on a cooking and baking rampage to like take care of my guest um but i you know i i'm making sure that i'm eating i'm making sure that i'm resting in between you know um i was losing weight at the beginning uh 6 days ago uh for a few days i was not eating enough but I'm starting to eat a, a lot now. So I'm starting to uh, be well again mentally. That's that's what that means for me. And, um, and I'm committed. I'm committed to maintaining my relationships with everyone um, that I called family before this revelation and uh, maintaining a relationship with the, the new family member. I talk a lot about how we can't control people, places, and things. I talk about treating life a lot like how I told my kids to eat their dinner. You don't have to like it. You just have to eat it. And, well, there's a there's an epiphany I had today. So in my... this is actually my sobriety program, (laughs) Um, there we have the promises. And these are things that if we're committed to our program, practicing the steps, uh, showing up to meetings, and and all of these, these things, these promises are said to come true for us. So promise number three is that we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. And I really was thinking about this today, Um, not only from my perspective, but I was thinking about it from the perspective of each of my family members and how, you know, I don't know each of their pasts, you know, so I don't know who has things they regret and who wants to shut the door on it and never look at it again. But I know me. And I know that when I first entered my sobriety program, I thought, I saw that promise on the wall and I thought, there is no way in hell (laughs) that 
I will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. I was like, there's no way. There's no way. I have too many things that I regret and want to shut the door on and never look back. Um, and how many of us are not proud about what we've done in the past and what that might mean about who we are as a person? For me, that's all I can speak of. Um, there are things that I've done in my past that... Um, if people knew about it, would think I'm a, I'm a terrible person. And, um, and I talked several days ago about forgiving myself for what I've done in my drinking days and being kind to myself. Um, and, and I can provide that same opportunity, that same forgiveness to others that I have provided myself in order for me to get to the point that I have gotten to, which is absolutely, I do not regret the past, nor do I wish to shut the door on it, because it is the past that has led me to where I am today. And I'm in a beautiful freaking place in my life today. Um, I have so much clarity um, from where I sit and where I see the world and where I see myself. While I can sense the reverberations of others' choices in my own life, those choices of, uh, that other people have made ultimately were not about me. And it's natural, I think, for me to feel wounded and wish that others had considered my well-being in their decision-making process and to expect them to anticipate the impact on me. Um, but in the same way, I made decisions in my past that um, that I, I was thinking about myself. Um, and and that that is my responsibility and only my responsibility that I made those decisions. And um, however, the decisions that other people make are their own responsibility. And my role is to assess, simply how that person's presence affects my well-being today and to decide whether I, I keep them in my life or not um, or to distance them in my life for my own health and well-being. There are people in my life that I have backed away from um, for my own well-being whether it is because um, I don't like how they treat people, whether it's because they drink too much and I can't be around that for my well-being, whatever it may be, I, the, the decision is mine and mine alone to decide who adds value to my life and who doesn't. And, um, and it's, it's my business who I choose to keep in my life and who I don't. And, and that, that's really where my focus should lie. Not in, um, you know, not in judgment of other people, just as much as if I'm doing something that's pissing other people off, then just don't talk to me. <laughs> don't be a part of my life. You know, if, if you don't like me, it's your prerogative to, to not, have me be a part of your life. 
Um, I would prefer that, <laughs> really. If you don't like me, I'd prefer for you to not uh, invite me into your life because it's healthy for both of us. So I'm sharing this with you because it speaks to me. It speaks to the very essence of recovery and healing for me. It's about facing um, the unexpected with grace and learning how to let go and let be and about finding strength in the most turbulent times in our lives. I keep surprising the shit out of myself that I have been able to just continue to face things that are really difficult. And um, I'm just, I'm still, I'm still moving along. You know, I'm still sober. I'm still, I still have that joy that I talk about all the time that's still inside me, you know, and I can allow it to surface when I choose to do so. Um, there's a lot of other stuff that surfaces. It has been surfacing over the past week. But um, but I don't feel like my life has changed today. You know, I the, these waves, these seasons that I've been feeling, um, I keep, it seems like when low tide comes through, um, I'm in the same spot in the sand as I was the day before. Um, and that's comforting to know that, that, that I keep coming back to the same spot in the sand. You know, um, there's one single prayer that keeps replaying in my mind since, since I've heard this news um, in my life on Tuesday about having a new family member. And I'll share it out loud so that you can think through it from the perspective of my story, if you'd like to. If not, think of it from the perspective of something you may be going through right now. And as I say this prayer to myself through different events in my life that I face um, while I'm sober, there are different pieces of the prayer that speak to me more than others. So for the past week, though, every line in this prayer has resonated deeply with me. So I'm going to say it out loud and um, just, just for fun. So here it is. Lord, make me a channel of thy peace, that where there is hatred, I may bring love, that where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness, that where there is discord, I may bring harmony, that where there is error, I may bring truth. That where there is doubt, I may bring faith. That where there is despair, I may bring hope. That where there are shadows, I may bring light. That where there is sadness, I may bring joy. Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. For it's by self-forgetting that one finds, it is by forgiving that one is forgiven, and it is by dying that one awakens to eternal life. Amen. So as I reflect on this, 
rather startling family revelation, it initially felt like my world had been turned upside down, hence the whirlwind of emotions. But as I navigate through this, like, it feels like the aftermath and begin to emerge on the other side, I feel like emerge on the other side, I'm starting to see things with more clarity. And in essence, my life hasn't fundamentally changed. The core of who I am and the life I've built remains intact. This revelation does not rewrite my past. Instead, I've gained something unexpected, a new family member. So as I wrap up today's episode, my hope is that my experience can be a testament to the power of recovery, of a, rep- of a recovery program that works, that, that is about action. And the beauty of the human capacity to adapt and to love when you're going through both seasonless climates in your life and even the most shocking revelations that elicit harsh seasons of emotions. I love my whole family for better or for worse. So thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable And you just keep clicking play. (laughs) If I create an episode, you keep clicking play. And I thank you for that and for being a part of this wild ride that I seem to be on um, these days. And in every challenge lies an opportunity for growth. And the more I say it, you know, I have to repeat it. I have to, I have to hear it to make sure that I get it. Um, every single challenge, there's an opportunity for growth. And as I said the other day, I heard, or I've heard a lot over the years, that God doesn't give us anything that we can't handle. So he must think that I'm freaking invincible <laughs> because this is getting absurd at this point. But, um, you know, I'm okay. Just like when I used to run my practice for my 5Ks and I used to compare it to to getting sober and staying sober uh, one day at a time and one hour at a time and one minute at a time and and how as I was practicing running, it was one step at a time. And I would take one step and I would say to myself, literally, I would say to myself, you're okay right now. And I take another step, you're okay right now. And so picture this, I'm, I'm jogging, right? With every step, I'm going, you're okay right now, you're okay right now, you're okay right now, you're okay right now. That is the degree of what sometimes I have to do with myself to believe that I am okay right now. 
And it's through that kind of persistence um, that I that I am okay. Um, and so today I am okay. You know, I am okay. So thanks for your patience over the weekend as I took some time to focus on me and my growing family. And um, I will talk to you tomorrow. 